God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. Any separation from God will be a thing of the past and will dwell in his presence forever. You've been listening to Learn the Bible in a Year, presented by Bibles for the World. Now you can learn and understand the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. Sign up today to receive one month free of Learn the Bible in a Year, short, practical lessons designed to help you understand God's Word. You'll get the first month of lessons free when you visit BiblesfortheWorld.org book. That's BiblesfortheWorld.org book. WTRJ, Orange Park, Jacksonville, WAYL, St. Augustine, WATY, Folkestone, Georgia, online at ilovethetruth.com. The definition of family according to Jesus. True Commentary with Stu Epperson, author of the book, First Words of Jesus. In Mark chapter 3, Jesus is in a house surrounded by his followers and an even bigger crowd on the outside that included his mother and half-brothers. They sent word to him that they wanted to see him, and he looked around the room and said, This is my family, those who do the will of the Father. You see, it's not being a blood relative of Jesus or going to church that makes you a member of his family. It's being bought with the blood. It's having your sins washed away by the blood that he shed for you on that cross in your place. He said it this way, As many as received him, to them gave he the right to become sons of God, even to those who believe on his name. And that's what it means to be a part of the family of God. The invitation is open to you to join the family, the body of Christ. True Commentary with Stu Epperson, author of the book, First Words of Jesus. Available now in bookstores or go online to firstwordsofjesus.com. Hey folks, welcome to SWAT Radio. Brad Sykes and Doug McCary uh, coming to you live on January 30th, Tuesday, January 30th, 2024. SWAT Radio stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth, and we uh, we exist to equip you, the listener, to live out your faith fearlessly in a world that often challenges it. <clears throat> You know, our mission is rooted in the biblical understanding that the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. Paul goes on, he exhorts the believers to demolish arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God by taking every thought captive. Of course, we believe that God's word is our authority. It's our greatest weapon. We believe that prayer is the battlefield. We believe that discipleship is vital to our victory we believe that evangelism is a call for those who have been commissioned. We also believe that community is is an essential element of living out the gospel. And Doug, man, we've got a lot on our plate today. Yes, I'm we excited do. about and, and, your conversation with Virgil just a little. While oh ago. yeah, Vir- Virgil <laughs> Walker, who is part of the Just Thinking podcast, he works for G3 up in Georgia. He and Daryl Harrison, they do that Just Thinking podcast. Two really, really good voices mm-hmm. for um, uh, what's going on in culture and looking at it from a biblical worldview. He has been a pastor. Uh, he is a pastor. He's never, he doesn't stop being, but right. he's been yeah. on staff as a pastor. And 
Um, now he's uh, working with G3, uh, Josh Buse, Buse and uh, the good crew they got up there doing those conferences, having guys like Owen Strand come in yep. and yep. Uh, really, really good stuff. He's going to be our guest on Thursday, and we're going to talk a little bit about social media and the influences. I'm, I'm excited to have him share about that on Thursday. So, again, that's Virgil Walker. Uh, that'll be on Thursday, which, by the way, Brad, uh, it'll be the first of February already. Is that not? Hush, I mean, man. we're 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 we've already skipped through the first month of uh, 2024. Now I know it. I know it. Crazy, absolutely crazy. So, if you're listening out there and you ever listen to Alistair Begg, who is a Scottish preacher who lives here in the states, he uh, he has been rock solid for a long time proclaiming the gospel very good communicator very uh, uh very good about being scriptural but um i i guess it was a week or so ago he came out in response to a question that was asked um to him and he he well actually he was being interviewed and he recounted a conversation he had with a lady who was a grandmother who was wondering if she should go to her grandson's wedding, which he was getting married to a transgender person. So under, so here it is. Her grandson, a male, is marrying, and it doesn't say when he's doing the interview the transgender person he's marrying. So we don't know if the son is marrying a girl who's training to be a guy. And so it's a homosexual wedding, or we don't know if it's uh, her grandson marrying uh, a guy who's training to be a girl where she's still a homosexual. Mm -hmm. Right. So (laughs) it's, it's really in either case, it is inappropriate. It is wrong. It's not what God designed. And so he basically gives the response in talking about the interview. He, he shares what he shared with her is that, listen, does the does the grandson know you you love Jesus? Yes. Do you Does he know that in loving Jesus you cannot affirm in any way the wedding? Yes. Well, then he said, I think it's okay to go. Now, the problem with that is at a wedding, if it's, if it's not affirming to not be there, then it's affirming if you are there. So by telling, mm-hmm. hey, if he knows this and it's okay to go, um, and, and Doug Wilson, who uh, a lot of people have listened to, probably that listen to this program, or if you don't know his name, he is a guy who uh, puts out a lot of responses to cultural issues out there and does it really biblical. I mean, he, he did mm-hmm. a great job. And he <clears throat> he, he uh, addressed this. I think it just came out either uh, – I think it came out yesterday. Uh, and he said, listen – I love the way he started. He said, the first thing you want to do is we're not going to throw away decades of ministry because of an error. That's good. 
you know, and, and I mean, he's right. I mean, we all are human. Mm-hmm. There are no, uh, to quote our friend Owen Strand, there are no indispensable humans. We all make mistakes. We all, none of us speak 100% truth all the time because we're human. We're flawed. We don't desire to speak falsehood, but sometimes we make errors. Peter is a perfect example. Peter uh, one minute he's affirming Jesus as Messiah. The next minute he's Jesus is calling him Satan, <clears throat> saying, "Get away from me, right. Satan." So, um, I, I love that Doug Wilson did that, but he also brought up the fact that um, a lot of people, when they heard what Alistair said in defending his position, it seems reasonable, right? It seems very reasonable because you want to show love to people. Uh, you you want to be loving and affirming. But affirming somebody in an unbiblical union is different than affirming somebody that you love them no matter what. That that mm-hmm. that's that's going in and 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 he gave an example. He said, "Listen, if the grandmother said, "Listen, I married my, or the grandson married a guy, two guys get married, which we know is unbiblical and we know is wrong. It's an offensive to God. But the grandson calls up and say, hey, grandma, it's my birthday. We always celebrate my birthday. Um, after the wedding, he calls and wants to celebrate his birthday with his grandma. And the, the grandma, Doug Wilson, said, I would say, sure, go. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to bring my friend. Okay, sure. There's nothing wrong with that. Or my, I want to bring my partner. Mm-hmm. Fine. There's nothing wrong with that. They need Jesus. They're going. There's not. They're just going to have a, a meal or something together. That's different than going to a wedding. Yeah, yeah. That's very well. Different. We we had this conversation Thursday. Uh, I I was not up to speed on this. What had taken place, and it came out at dinner with Doctor Moeller on Thursday night, and we got to talking about what. You know, you there is a point in on almost every wedding where the the one officiating the wedding is mm-hmm. going to say, if there be any reason why these two should not be married, <laughs> please speak. And if you're silent, and as a Christian, you can't be silent. You, you can't be silent regarding yeah. that. Yeah. And I was looking at Second uh, uh, Corinthians chapter six, uh, where. A familiar passage that talks about do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. But it goes on, it says, uh, therefore, verse 17, go out from their midst and be separate from them, says the Lord. Mm-hmm. Touch no unclean thing, then I will welcome you, and I will be a father to you, and you shall be a son and daughter to me, mm-hmm. says the Lord Almighty. You know, within the, with, and I think, you know, I've been a huge uh, listener. Uh, of Alistair Beck, and I probably will continue to. Uh, we've got, we've got as as uh, uh, who, who was it? Wilson, uh, Doug Wilson. D- Doug Wilson said. I mean, we've got years of solid gospel preaching from Alistair Beck, but it appears he's more concerned with the with accommodation to the 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 culture in order to appease. The unconverted. Yes. And I think that's what we're seeing. Well, well, that's exactly right. And Wilson did a great job of bringing that up. And he, he said the issue isn't kindness, it's approval. And he, he talked about why 
Why do the people in the LGBTQ community go after bakers? Why do they go after photographers? These are the people that glorify the event or they really add to the event. He goes, if a homosexual person went up to a baker and said, I'm homosexual, will you make me a birthday cake? They wouldn't make them a birthday cake. Sure. That's a different issue. It's a, it is. It's a different issue. Uh, but when you affirm in any way something that is against God, against his design, against his will, and there's no there's no affirming of something that is diametrically opposed to what he's called us to do, which is to be fruitful and multiply man and woman in a loving monogamous relationship together yeah yeah and 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 the the issue is he said our culture is not telling us to well uh you you don't see people throwing up flags for adultery day yeah exactly you know Mm -hmm. uh or throwing they're not they're not said we don't have a whole month dedicated to celebrating adultery right but we do have one celebrating what uh, homosexuality, which is wrong. Oh, it, it is against yeah. God's word. Yeah. There's no justification for it. Do we love these people? Yes, but we never affirm sin. Jesus loved the sinner. He never affirmed sin. Right. And you go, well, yeah, he went to Matthew's house and had a party with sinners. He did. He was celebrating at Matthew's house. Why did the people come to Matthew's house yeah. to meet Jesus? Yeah. Mm. They didn't come there to celebrate their debauchery exactly. or, or their their the way that they took advantage of people as tax collectors. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he used the example, Brad. He said, Jesus, could you imagine him accepting an invitation if Matthew said, hey, we're having a big banquet for tax collectors <laughs> um, because of all the how successful we were. <clears throat> right. Well, no, they, they took advantage of people. They cheated people. Hmm. And we want you to be the speaker, Jesus. I, I, he he would not have affirmed that. Right, right. But when you I invite him to your house, because Matthew says, I want other people to meet you the way I've met you. Mm. That's a different yeah. issue. Yeah, I'm afraid. I, I think when evangelism, church growth, pragmatism, and missions become more important than the biblical truth, the result is going to be a downgrade and really eventual apostasy. Mm-hmm. Uh and that's, you know, I think that's what we've, we're not just seeing it today. We've been watching it for years, mm-hmm. you know, just the, this desire to invite, to include everybody. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's just, uh, this is what's going to happen. Well, uh, I, I want, I'll close with this. I know we got to go to our break, uh, but he says, you know, one of the things is substitute any other sin in there for that and that will tell you if you're pushing mm-hmm. you're you're going with the stream of culture yeah. versus against it yeah. right because nobody would recognize that affirmation in any other sin like that yeah. if you yeah. ask them to participate with you in that yeah. sin or celebrate and it's a ceremony yeah who, who designed mar- marriage god, god designed yeah we should do it according to his plan. That's correct. So, hey, we'll take a quick break. Glad you tuned in today. If you want to call this afternoon, the number is 844-777-7928, 844-777-SWAT. 
You can also email us your questions at ask at SWATradio.com. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. Joshua 1.9 states, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Highway to Eternity Ministries is dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope. The ministry seeks to serve those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's Word and share the encouraging testimonies of lives that have been transformed through God's power and grace. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175 or visit www.highwaytoeternity.com. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a proud sponsor of SWAT Radio. The Florida-Georgia Truth Network. The Jacksonville Beaches listen at to SWAT Radio. Brad and Doug here on this Tuesday afternoon. Glad you tuned in. As always, we try to take that first segment and kind of look at what's going on in the culture. And uh, I think we tapped that one out. (laughs) There's a lot more going on, but obviously uh, we want to get into the text in Mark chapter 2. This week we're looking at verses 12 through 22 where God reveals an unexpected invitation we kind of got into that a little bit yesterday yeah and uh, we're going to be looking at an unexpected celebration and uh man doug i you know so oftentimes one of the things i do when i meet with guys is i want to give them something that they can go share with someone else Mm -hmm. you know this this whole idea of us being a conduit Mm -hmm. of god's message and so i went home and i told vicky what Levi means. Oh, really? So really cool. You know, I mean, I, I told Vic, I said, you know, it's kind of interesting. I've got a grandson named Levi. I know. Um, and didn't realize what that name meant. And uh, if you didn't listen yesterday, it means attached. Attached. And connected. Yeah. And what's really cool is that that is the tribe God chose to be his servants. Mm-hmm. It, 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 let me there's just, just so many things that flow out of that brad i oh, mean like man. like you can't serve him unless you're connected to that's him. right but but in in understanding the levites 
that they didn't receive an inheritance of land or possessions. So they weren't attached to their land. No. They weren't attached to their possessions. No. They were attached to him. They were that was they were, were, that was the plan. That was what they were supposed to be. And, and we are a priest. Yeah. We are the priest. Yeah, and Levi's name, I mean like you said means that and this was the tax collector we're reading about. Amazing. Yeah, Amazing. it really yeah. is. But you know you you I love what you said about taking that truth and going to share it. One of the guys at SWAT who did that very well, and I, I, I can't remember if I shared about him. Did I share about Roy yesterday? You did. No, you didn't. You did at our small group yeah. uh, the other uh, night. Roy <clears throat> McGriff, um, some of you in Jacksonville may know Roy. Um, Roy is, was 94 years old, and he passed away peacefully at his home um, on uh, January 28th this past Sunday. And Roy told me the day before he passed, really not even 20 hours before, like like just about 15 hours before God took him home, that he was ready to go see his Lord. And um, what I learned about Roy O is, uh, that, by the way, there's going to be a celebration of life for Roy at Ponte Vedra Presbyterian Church on February 9th at 11 a.m. Um, Roy was a... Uh, race car driver i never knew that i didn't know that i i, I didn't either and uh he he had uh developed and and uh, invented a lot of things he had patents and if you've had your oil changed at like a five minute one of these five minute oil places mm. they probably use something he invented uh he was a really really smart guy and a really winsome guy he loved golf brad um and uh, I, I know that i think it, every time i'd go out there he'd talk about yeah golf. He, he liked golf and he liked watching it on tv he also enjoyed fishing but roy uh pray for roy's wife karen his kids um uh, melanie and trey and um just you know you go 94 i i can honestly say <laughs> that that when i looked at roy i, I was so sad because I enjoyed being around him. And this is why uh, he smiled and and he had this, this winsomeness that um, he came to Christ really a few years ago. He grew up in the church. He grew up. He had baptized, confirmed. He, he, he had heard about it, but he told me, he said, Doug, I just, <coughs> I never really did it the way it was supposed to be done and i i i I, you know i just i i want to i want to be faithful and i want to make sure and you know he embraced christ really about four years ago he said and he wanted to be baptized so i think he was like 90 we baptized him out at the beach and it was such a great thing he was so happy and uh and he tells people about jesus and wants to tell, share truth with them. And he, I, I mean, it seems like every other week I'd see him and he'd say, I was going to do this and Lord moved me to do this. And I did it, you know, mm-hmm. and it's just like that kind of obedience yeah. is, is what spawns out of gratitude, right. not out of obligation. Right. And so remember, um, uh, Karen McGriff and, uh, and, and I just praise God for Roy and then I got a chance to know him. Um, and even as we look at Matthew, I, I get the sense that's why Matthew invited all these people to his house. And we're going to 
we're going to jump into that because this is a very unexpected invitation. Nobody saw it coming. And, um, you know, uh, we said yesterday this uh, calling of Matthew or Levi was his, his name and so was Matthew um, always is connected right after the healing of the paralytic and right before the questioning of the um, the disciples about fasting and, and the healing of the paralytic follows the leper in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. In all three, you see that. And in all um, three Gospels, what's going on is the religious leaders are, are questioning the credentials of mm. Jesus. Like, mm. is this guy, how can yeah. he be that guy? Yeah. How can he be from God? Well, you know what I think is interesting, Doug, when, <clears throat> knowing that all, all three of those Gospels include this. This had to be such an, a significant uh, mark in Jesus's ministry mm. that they would include it along with mm. the healing of a leper mm. and the healing of a paralytic, mm -hmm. that this would be lumped in kind of in that same uh, mode, mm -hmm. that this was so significant that he would call such a social outcast really in those Well, yeah, days. because the leper was an outcast, <laughs> the paralytic was an outcast. And the thing is, leprosy represented sin. We mentioned that yesterday it was symbolic of sin. The paralytic was symbolic of somebody that could do nothing for themselves. Themselves, And so as we look at this story of Matthew, keep those pictures in mind that it's no coincidence that both of those events sovereignly took place before the calling of Matthew. Amen. And so as uh, Brad, Brad's going to read verses uh uh, 13 through 22 and as he reads listen to god's word and then we're going to make observations today really about this unexpected invitation yeah. why it was so controversial and what was going on yeah join me uh mark chapter 2 beginning in verse 13 he went out again beside the sea and all the crowd was coming to him and he was teaching them and as he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax booth. And he said to him, follow me. And he rose and followed him. And as he reclined at table in his house, many tax collectors and sinners were reclining with Jesus and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. And the scribes of the Pharisees, when they saw that he was eating with sinners and tax collectors, said to his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? And when Jesus heard it, he said to them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. Verse 18, Now John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting. And people came and said to him, Why do, why do John's disciples and the disciples of the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus said to them, Can the wedding guests fast while the bridegroom is with them? As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast in that day. No one sews a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment. If he does, the patch tears away from it, the new from the old, and a worse tear is made. 
Verse 22, and no one puts new wine into old wineskins. If he does, the wine will burst the skins, and the wine is destroyed, and so are the skins. But new wine is for fresh wineskins. These are the words of God, and they're the words of God to us. And as we uh, started in verse 13, Remember what was going on. He had just healed the paralytic. He had just said, your sins are forgiven. And they're saying only God can forgive sins. And he says, so that you know that I have that authority, rise and walk. The guy gets up and walks. And they said, we never saw anything like this. And then it says he went out. Why? He was walking beside the lake because the crowd was coming and he was teaching them. He wasn't just healing he was teaching. He wanted them to understand. He wanted them to connect to God. Now, when it says all the crowd was coming to him, there was somebody that wasn't in that crowd. It was Levi. He was sitting at the tax booth. Yeah. And as Jesus was walking by, he saw him. Now, the interesting thing about Levi is uh, there's two types of tax collectors in that time period. Um, they they all worked for Rome to collect taxes. The first kind is called a gabai, G-A-B-B-A-I, if it's transliterated, gabai. And that kind of a tax collector collected general taxes like income taxes, property taxes, taxes that are set, right? Mm-hmm. But then you have what's called a mochas, M-O-K-H-A-S. Now, a mochas collected special use taxes. They were much more subjective. Brad, you're wearing a blue jacket. Today's blue jacket tax day. Mm-hmm. What? What do you mean? <laughs> uh, well, you're wearing a blue jacket, sir, so you got to pay the tax. And if you argued you had a Roman soldier there to enforce the taxability... And so these men worked off of um, the money they made over what they had to give Rome as part of their franchise fee. Yeah. And so, or the percentage. So when we come back, there's two types of mochas, a big mochas and a little mochas, and we'll see the difference in the two when we come back. Good stuff. Glad you tuned in. If you want to call this afternoon... Tee up this number, 844-777-7928, 844-777-SWAT. Give us a shout. We'll take a quick break and be right back. I'm John Scott. Mississippi Democrat Benny Thompson, ranking member of the House Homeland Security Committee, says House Republicans are not following the normal procedure for impeachment referrals. The referral has come to the Homeland Security Committee, uh, which will be the first ever impeachment consideration uh, by a committee uh, other than the Judiciary Committee. The House Homeland Security Committee voting 18 to 14 along party lines to send articles of impeachment against Homeland Security Secretary Mayorkas to the full House. Committee Chairman Mark Green says Mayorkas deserves impeachment. Secretary Mayorkas is the very type of public official 
the framers feared. Someone who would cast aside the laws passed by a co-equal branch of government, replacing those with his own preferences, hurting his fellow Americans in the process. Committee Chairman Mark Green. Also at SRNews.com, the United States is encouraged by recent talks to secure the release of more hostages held in Gaza. White House correspondent Greg Clugston with that report. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby says recent efforts to negotiate a humanitarian pause in the Israel-Hamas war to free more hostages have been constructive. Based on the discussions we've had over the weekend and and in recent days, we feel it's moving in in a good direction. However, he cautions there's much more work to do and no final deal has been reached. Greg Clugston. The White House. Former President Trump saying on the primary ballot in Illinois, the state's election board declining to remove the Republican 2024 frontrunner. A decision in Maine is on hold. Six men found shot to death last week in the Southern California desert. They were likely shot in a dispute over marijuana. The Dow had 99 points, but the NASDAQ is down 108. This is SRN News. My friend James helps me laugh by sending me fake news items like Man on Deathbed Deeply Regrets Not Spending More Time Arguing on Facebook. And this one, Atheist Delivers Powerful Testimony of Coming to Believe Life Has No Purpose. Wow. I believe joy is the only reasonable response to God's extravagant love for us. Psalm 1611 says, God has made known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. If you are a follower of Jesus, you have every reason to rejoice. Even to LOL, which I did when my friend sent this headline, We haven't been on a date in a while, says wife who apparently doesn't remember yesterday's Costco trip. This is Laugh Again with Phil Calloway. If you'd like to hear more and discover all things Laugh Again, visit us at laughagain.us. Laugh Again. Truth bringing laughter to life. No active accidents, but there is congestion on the East Beltway, 295 southbound near Southside Boulevard. Also, there's congestion I-95 northbound approaching the Fuller Warren Bridge and on I-95 southbound congestion towards Emerson Street. Mostly clear tonight, low 45, Wednesday, sunny and breezy, high 64. From the Traffic and Weather Center, I'm A.J. SWAT Radio, Doug and Brad here on this Tuesday afternoon. We are examining Mark chapter 2, verses 12 through 22. And uh, we were just chatting about um, these these tax collectors, these two uh, types of tax collectors, a, a goodbye yep. and a mocus. Yeah, John MacArthur and, says the goodbye was because they you saw him your money went goodbye <laughs> no no anyway he made a joke about that but the mochas there were two of them 
there was a big Mocus who was more behind the scenes who hired the little Mocus. Mm -hmm. So the little Mocus was a franchise of a franchiser. I got okay? you. Okay. And so um, it would be basically like, uh, I guess, Brad, you owning all the the um, the Whataburgers mm -hmm. in Jacksonville and he would be the manager of what particular Whataburger yeah. or whatever. Or, you know, like a, a lot of franchises, at least the way we have, we have master developers. Uh -huh. uh, so you have a, a person who's developing a particular region. Yes. And then you have a franchisee under you who takes Jacksonville. Yes. So well, interesting. So, yeah. but the big difference, though, is the big Mocus didn't get sullied by direct appeal for face money, to face face yeah. to face interaction they had the little mocus who did the work the little mocus were the ones who sat in the tax booths and guess where levi was he was sitting in a tax booth you could do really well if you had a lot of special use taxes you were you were good at keeping records and that kind of thing and so bottom line is they were all hated by the jews because they were considered traitors and uh, they were considered unclean. They weren't allowed in synagogue. They weren't allowed to be um, witnesses. They, they basically gave up everything culturally, uh, spiritually, family wise, all for money. And that's why his name is so significant. Levi meant attached his namesake was supposed to be the servant of god but instead he's serving himself seeking money now matthew means gift of god now we made this observation yesterday that as he's sitting there the crowd is going after jesus and jesus goes i got a sheep that sheep is over there his name is levi matthew and i he's not following so I'm going to get him. And he, he went over there and he looked at Matthew and said, follow me. That's all he said. He didn't say, Matthew, do you want to trust Jesus tonight as your Savior? Pray this prayer. Yeah, he just said, follow me. Now, he was God, but he went to him. Jesus commanded him to follow him, and it assumed faith. You know, over in John 2, it says that Jesus knew what was in man. Man um, is paralyzed on his own. We're dead in our sins, Ephesians said, right? Um, Matthew was not where Jesus is. He wasn't coming to him because he was dead. So this is one of the first guys you see in Scripture that literally you scratch your head and you go, there is no way this guy. Uh, in fact, all the disciples, they would have dealt with Matthew on a daily basis or a weekly basis. And if you watch the, the series, The Chosen, I love the way they portrayed this particular uh, exchange because Jesus looks at the guy, or the guy playing Jesus looks at the guy playing Matthew and says, follow me. And he's like, me? He kind of just looks mm -hmm. at him. He just packs up and goes. And Peter goes, whoa, 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 whoa. The guy playing Peter in the, the show goes, wait a minute. God, like, you're, you're calling him? And he goes, I called you. <laughs> and Peter goes, that was different. And he says, you better get used to different. Yeah. And um, the bottom line is, if you follow Jesus, 
you're going to be around people that what you probably wouldn't hang around normally. Yeah. But we don't get to choose his family. He does. And the, as you think about it, Brad, for most of us, in fact, I would say for all of us, we look a whole lot more like Matthew than we look like Jesus. Right. No doubt. No doubt. And, and we, we are powerless on our own. Jesus said in John six, nobody comes to the father or comes to me unless the father draws him. Nobody. I mean, in the Greek, you know what it means? Nobody. It yeah. means no one. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, Romans three that, that reminds us that no one is righteous. No, not a single one. Yeah. No one seeks God. Yeah. And, and that's a direct quote from Psalms. Uh, so this is something that has all go back to the old Testament. This is why I, when people say you're a Calvinist or, you know, and they try to, they try to dismiss the sovereignty of God. You, it goes all the way back. Who mm-hmm. chose Abraham? Yeah. Uh, in yep. fact, who chose who? Did Abraham choose God or did God choose Abraham? Right. God didn't choose Abraham because right. he knew Abraham would choose him. That's that kind of faulty logic. God chose Abraham and said, I'm going to make my name dwell in him. Yeah. And and in the same way, he chose Matthew. Uh, he chose uh, Jacob over Esau. Yeah, before, while they were in the womb. Mm-hmm. And, and by the way, uh, Jacob had a stellar character, didn't he? I mean, like. <laughs> He's lying, tricking, manipulating, um, but God didn't choose him because he was good. He chose him because the name was written before the foundation right. of the earth. Read Ephesians two, Brad, one through six. That, that's a great <clears throat> text is. and reminder yeah. to us that God is sovereign in His seeking His people. He is going out and seeking those breathing life into them and drawing them to himself well this obviously to me is the text where you know we didn't have anything to do with our salvation he says in ephesians 2 paul says and you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked Hmm. following the course of this world following the prince of the power of the air the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, Mm -hmm. like the rest of mankind. But God, verse 4, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. Mm-hmm. By grace you have been saved and raised up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Isn't that great? Such a great passage. And, and when he uses the word seated there, when he says he seated us, that's past tense. Our responsibility is to respond to his grace and we can't even take credit for that. Right. right. That's what's so mind blowing. Yeah. You know, it, it's so far beyond us. I love what one guy said. It's kind of like trying to teach a five year old calculus. <laughs> the brain just simply cannot grasp it. Right. So, but people get really upset. People, when, when you start talking about 
um, the issue of free will. You talked about mm-hmm. it yesterday. It's mm-hmm. freed will. But when they talk about that, um, people are people don't really think about it in terms of other aspects of life. Right. Everybody wants a sovereign God, right? Do we really? Oh, want absolutely. To, I mean, yeah, we want yeah. a sovereign God. Yeah. If He's not sovereign, we're in trouble. Well, I love what R.C. Sproul says. And by the way, I mean, isn't it interesting? Yeah, we use these terms like Calvinism mm-hmm. and things like that. And I would just challenge you. If you haven't, one of the best books, Doug, I'm sure you would agree, is Chosen by God yeah, by R.C. Sproul. Yeah. Long, old book. But he, he says this, if there is one single molecule in this universe running around loose, totally free of God's sovereignty, Mm-hmm. then we have no guarantee that a single promise of God will ever be fulfilled. Mm-hmm. That's right. Uh, well, the, the, when you think about our life, what you just read, right? Um, when you just, what you just read in Ephesians is, is it, it's, it's just repeated in other parts of scripture said different ways, but the bottom line is before we are released from our prison bondage to sin. Um, nobody submits to God. Nobody seeks God. In fact, the Bible says we're at war with God. We're mm-hmm. at enmity with God. So in our natural state, there's nobody who goes after him. You don't have a free will to go, I mean, to go after God. Nobody's going to do that. Everybody chooses self. And and yeah. I don't know why that's so hard for people. Uh, you just read it. Um, it's kind of like Lazarus. You know, yeah. when he was in his tomb, he couldn't do anything yeah. until Jesus said, what, come. And then well, he you, came. You, you've got five adopted girls. Yeah. Did they choose you or did you choose them? I chose them. That's right. And I, it really helped me understand a lot about my own adoption. Amen. Amen. Man, we're almost done for the day. Come on now. Hey, call us this afternoon, 844-777-7928. I know this is often a controversial subject. Give us a call. Love to chat it up. 844-777-SWAT. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after the break. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. SWAT Radio is underwritten in part by The Guardian Group. You know Brad Sykes as co-host of SWAT Radio. While Brad is committed to making disciples both on and off the air, his ministry extends into the marketplace as a licensed real estate agent with Keller Williams Southside. Brad and his wife Vicki are real estate agents in Northeast Florida. They are the founding partners of The Guardian Group. They help people buy, sell, and invest in real estate with offices near Butler and Southside Boulevards. 904-580-7255. That's 904-480-7255. And online at guardiangroupjacks.com. That's guardiangroupjacks.com. The Guardian Group. Happy to bring you SWAT Radio on the truth. 
We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomnehl.com. The Florida Georgia Truth Network, on the air in Fernandina Beach at 91.3. Look down from a broken sky, traced out by the city lights. My world from a mile high, best seat in the house tonight. Touchdown in the cold black top Hold on for the sudden stop Breathing the familiar shock of confusion and chaos All those people Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. Doug and Brad here sitting here in the studio in Jacksonville, Florida. And uh, we're glad you have tuned in. You know, this, uh, this topic of God's sovereignty, election, predestination... Uh, boy, those are, those are, those can be some rough waters, uh, mm-hmm. for a lot of people. You and I, you know, we're just talking about on, on the break that it, it, it is hard for us to take our, our, uh, finite minds and wrap it around the infinite. <laughs> well, it is. And, um, you know, when it says that he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him in love. So before the foundation of the world means before the world was formed. Well, if the world wasn't formed, how how did he know that James and Aline McCary would have Doug McCary, James Douglas McCary? Because he's God. He ordained it. And, and so, you know, it says that we are responsible for receiving Christ. So there is a, a responsibility on our part. We're not robots. Um, God knows who's going to be saved, and he chooses who will be saved. And we have to choose Christ in order to be saved. Yeah. <clears throat> so, But knowing how that all works together is way beyond anything we can, we can imagine. And so, um, do we believe what God's word says? Yes, I do. I believe what it talks about. And, and obviously when Jesus called Matthew, we see the first thing that Matthew did is he rose and followed him. And when he rose and followed it, the next thing we see is Matthew is inviting people over to his house that are just like him, his friends, his immediate circle. Um, Why? He invited them over for a meal, not to eat with him, a meal to eat with Jesus. Because when you broke bread with someone, uh, you had fellowship, you had community, you had conversation. And that's the thing uh, even about the Christian life. So often we make it about, head knowledge, just uh, an academic thing. 
but it's a relationship. It's fellowship. I remember when I was going to Russia and I would, I would share the gospel and I would talk about a relationship. They said, that doesn't translate as well as, uh, let's come up with another word. They said fellowship, mm-hmm. communion with our creator. Koinonia. Yes. So if you're listening out there, do you spend time in communion with God, in his word, just you and him? I mean, it's great if you go and are part of a church. It's great if you're part of a Bible study or a SWAT group or a small group. But those things cannot be a substitute for your own connection and communion with God. Those things are supplemental. And so Jesus broke bread with Matthew and his friends. And they were there because Matthew invited him. Brad, what's it called? When you invite someone to meet the one that changed your life, what is that called? I call it evangelism. Yep, it yeah. is. And remember what the word euangelion means. Euangelium is where we get evangelism from. Yeah, it's an it announcement. Is, it's announcement. It's the good news. It is, hey, a new king rules. I want to introduce you so you can be part of his kingdom. Yeah. <clears throat> Think about how... Knowing that 25 years ago would have changed your ministry trajectory. Mm. I mean, because we knew generally there was some element of that, but that was not the emphasis, at least for me. Yeah. And so Matthew starts with those closest to him, just like out of Acts 1-8. You know, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. No evangelism classes, by the way. Um, isn't that funny? You I know, people today they they think they got to go be trained. Yeah, and, well, and and there's nothing wrong with training. I'm not, right. but I'm just saying, Matthew. It was a natural overflow of his own love relationship with the King. Yeah, I always I'm always blown away by Acts one eight because the first the first manifestation of the Holy Spirit coming on these men was to witness, mm-hmm. was to be a witness, which he says, you're going to be my witnesses. Mm-hmm. When? Well, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Mm-hmm. First thing you see, they start to witness. They start, you know, Peter preaches a sermon. Yeah. You know, he didn't go to seminary. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just an overflow of the Spirit. In fact, John 7 says, all who are thirsty come to me, and out of you will flow living water. And then he goes on to say that living water is the Holy Spirit. Yeah. It bubbles over you, oh, 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 you know, it just out of you. And so in verse 16, it says the scribes of the Pharisees, these were the people that wrote down, they were very familiar with the law. And it says when they saw he was eating with these um, people not like them, said, well, why does he eat with them? (laughs) Well, when you follow Jesus, Brad, you're going to be questioned. Yeah, yeah. When you follow him, people are going to ridicule you. They're going to think, well, why are are all these people over there, if this guy is supposedly the Messiah? Well, people struggle with this issue of forgiveness. You know, if you think back over your lifetime, 
think about it's something we all want, right? Everybody wants to be forgiven. We blow it. You and I blow it. Mm -hmm. it it's sweet, isn't it, when, when Vicky says to you, Brad, I forgive you. Yeah, I mean, it's, mm. it's, there's just something healing right. about it. Well, like when Lori says that, it's it's healing because obviously I've done something to yeah. offend. Yeah. So when yeah. somebody forget, but we don't like to give forgiveness to other people. And a lot of times when we see it, we, we feel like, hey, wait a minute. They deserve different. They deserve to be punished. Mm -hmm. And that's what the Pharisees were seeing. They were like, wait a minute. These people... Do you know what they've done? They turned their back on their country. They've cheated the widow. They've taken advantage of people. And you're okay with them coming in front of you? Mm -hmm. um, and uh, this kind of this kind of sets the stage, really. I, I think for this ongoing conflict uh -huh. that, that uh, between Jesus and the the religious establishment, yeah, uh, throughout his ministry. This really sets the stage. Well, if if you if let's go back to the uh, the uh, uh, the the paralytic, really, um, you know, Jesus Jesus was good at picking fights with the religious hypocrites. He didn't mind. And by mm -hmm. the way, there's a lesson there for us with false teachers. Uh, we don't build bridges to false teachers. You confront error. Yeah. I mean, you, you don't mm -hmm. see Jesus trying to reason with them. He speaks the truth to them. He goes back to the word to them. He he brings out the authority of the word and his own authority. He is the word. And so this idea that when somebody uh, is telling you that the creator God said this when it's not true. And, and by the way, we can, we can explore this more tomorrow, but I, I find it interesting that people don't have a problem with Buddhism. If you go, you go talk to people in philosophy classes about Buddhism or instructors or professors or the culturally elite, they, they don't have a problem with you talking about a redeemed life through meditation. You know, I was making some bad choices, but I got into Buddhism and now I'm meditating. Oh, that's great. In fact, they did a whole piece on the Michigan quarterback uh, because he meditates before the game. He meets with a, a psychologist and he's out there meditating. Well, he's not meditating on scripture. He's just meditating. I don't know what he's meditating on. Uh Contrast that with maybe somebody like a Christian McCaffrey who probably is meditating on a Bible verse before the game yeah. or, or somebody. They're not doing news pieces on Tim Tebow and his pregame memory uh, uh, verse <laughs> or whatever he was doing because people have a problem. They don't have a problem with Buddhists, but they do have a problem with Jesus. Hindus the same way. Uh, they don't have a problem with a redeemed mm -hmm. life through better life choices and karma you can talk about that all day long. They don't have a problem. Islam, a redeemed life through the five pillars and doing the work, but they do have a problem with the name Jesus yeah. and what he taught, yeah. which yeah. is we can't redeem ourselves. It's only the forgiveness of God, the mercy of God, the sovereignty of God. 
And uh, we, we'll unpack that a little more tomorrow, especially as we go into the questioning of, uh, hey, why aren't these guys fasting? And that's a really important question for us to look at. We're not big into fasting today, uh, or like spiritually. There's not a, a big, you know, that's, that's not a widely accepted form of spiritual worship in our culture. But back then it was, yeah. and it had meaning. Mm. And so they want to know why are your disciples, if you're the Messiah, why are they not fasting? And we'll see Jesus' response to it tomorrow. Well, that's why here at SWAT, we believe that God's word 